you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. deserves it right now. Why don't you just offer it to him? Oh, come on, nothing better to do on this Christmas holiday season than just to give God praise. Oh, come on, more than a hand clap, lift your voice right now. Oh, we honor you, God. You deserve it all, Jesus. You deserve it all, God. I I want to say that's probably one of my favorite songs in the entire world. Everything. He gave everything, so he deserves everything. He made the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you for your worship today. I want you to thank the praise team for ushering us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. As uh, Pastor Dylan has already stated, uh, Pastor and Sister Jordan are traveling back from uh, being at Christmas with his family, and uh, they are on the road as we speak, and uh, they will be back in service with us tonight. How many are thankful that they're going to be back in service with us tonight? Amen. So be in prayer for them that God would give them a safe road to travel. Amen. If you would have your Bibles uh, this morning, I'd like to draw your attention to two verses of Scripture. We'll be going to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and then I'll draw your attention to 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse number 15. I was joking with somebody uh, yesterday. I was talking with him as I was preparing for today. And I said, man, it's tough on Christmas because how many different ways can you preach the Christmas story? It's been preached uh, twice, basically, already this season. And uh, no doubt it's being preached all over the world today. 
I'd just like to uh, take maybe a little bit different turn, if you would allow me this morning, and uh, let's just see what God has for us. Romans chapter 6, verse number 23, the word of the Lord says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin is death, but the gift is eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 15 simply says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And I'd like to borrow from that verse as my title this morning and just preach for the next few moments on the subject, an unspeakable gift. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you raise your hands to heaven? Would you ask God to speak into our lives this morning? Come on, lift your voice and pray that God would Speak mightily in this place. God, we need you today. We need your power. We need your anointing. Oh, God, let us be in remembrance of the true reason of this season that we are in today. God, it's all about you. It's all about the gift that you gave. It's all about the sacrifice that you made when you robed yourself in flesh and you dwelt among us. God, that we may have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Speak into our hearts and our lives this morning. And we thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, it's an unspeakable gift. You may be seated. We've come down to the wire and are only week out from Christmas. Seems like yesterday it was July. I wish it was still July. <laughs> but plans have been made. Some of you are really good and have your shopping done and the gifts are already wrapped and underneath the tree. While others of us haven't even started yet. And we'll close the stores down every night this week trying to get it all done and stay up until the wee hours of the morning on Christmas morning. I see a lot of heads nodding across the building. Stay up to the wee hours of the morning on Christmas morning just trying to get all the wrapping done. It's easy, though, for us to come into a service like this see all the Christmas decorations, and without meaning to, we tend to make assumptions about this service. We make assumptions on how it's going to go and what's going to happen. We assume that we are just going to hear another Christmas message and pray for a few moments at the conclusion, and then it's back to the grind. But what do you say that we don't make any assumptions that we already know what it is and what's going to happen this morning, but let's open our hearts together and let's believe that God wants to speak to us and that God wants to change our lives and that God wants to do something great in the service this morning. You see, Christmas shopping and gift giving is woven into the very fabric of this time of year. 
we are consumed with trying to find the perfect gift. But I wonder this morning what it would take for a gift to be truly unspeakable as our text states. This is the time of year that we think back to when the three wise men traveled from their prospective lands to see the long-awaited baby Jesus. And according to Matthew, the Bible says that they presented him with their gifts, which contain gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Nowhere, though, does the Bible mention gift boxes and wrapping paper. Matthew left that part out. But it just seems that they presented their gifts with no fancy boxes and no fancy wrapping paper. I am reminded, uh, as I think back to my late grandmother, my grandma Price, as we would sit together on Christmas morning and we would all be packed into a room that was way too small. I don't know. Apparently we like sitting in each other's laps. I don't really know what that was about. But uh, I remember with every gift open that year, every year, with every gift, she would yell out from across the room, save the box. Make sure that you don't rip it. I'll reuse it next year. I don't know. I don't know if she didn't have the money to buy boxes or if she was just a cheapskate. I'm not really sure. But as a kid, you want to rip everything open and you're, you want to rip the box open. But it, the box, the lid was on the box. Dylan knows what I'm talking about. The lid would be on the box and then it would be taped. And it was trying to navigate exactly where those pieces of tape were at. And someone would yell across the room to my Uncle Dick, can I borrow your knife to cut open the box so Grandma does not yell at me any longer? I was taught at an early age to make sure that when I bought a gift, I was to ask for a box. I never understood the fascination with gift boxes and wrapping paper. I still tell my mom, don't, don't take the time to wrap any gifts for me. Just put them in a trash bag and then I can reuse that later. Don't waste time and energy and money on wrapping paper and boxes just for the love of the Lord. Give me a trash bag because then we can put everything else in that. Do you know that we will, there will be more than $2.6 billion spent on gift wrapping this year? Maybe it's because of men. I don't know. I, I, I can use an entire roll of wrapping paper on one gift and still have to cut a piece from another roll to, to cover the hole that's still in the paper. It's, it's just the way that it is. But my wife can wrap this entire building with just one roll of wrapping paper. And when she does, it's, there isn't a scrap piece of paper left because she is able to wrap every gift perfectly. I just don't possess that ability. Women are just better than men, I guess. Every lady in the house, shout amen about that. Yeah, okay. Save our feelings, that's fine. Men don't know much about wrapping gifts. We're not too good at it. But I can tell you 
that man has learned all that he knows about giving from God. God is in the giving business. God gave Adam and Eve a piece of animal skin to replace the fig leaves in order to cover their nakedness and shame. He gave Noah a plan for the ark that would provide safety for his household when judgment came. He gave Abraham a promise concerning his seed. He gave Sarah a miracle child in her old age. He gave Isaac a ram that would take his place on the altar for a sacrifice. He gave Jacob 12 sons who would become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. He gave Joseph a position as a prime minister in Egypt so that he might rescue his own family from a mighty famine. He gave Moses the power to perform miracles before Pharaoh so that he would let the children of Israel go. He gave the children of Israel possession of the land flowing with milk and honey. He gave kings to rule over his people. He gave prophets to plead with his people. He gave a word, his word to prophes, of prophecy to tell about the coming Messiah that would save and deliver the world. He gave shepherds a pronouncement by the angels that Jesus was born. He gave the wise men a star that would lead them to the young child so that they could present to him their gifts. He gave Joseph an understanding of the strange circumstances of a virgin being with child. He gave the world the prince of peace. He offers to give all men the pardon for their sins so that they may inherit everlasting life. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is the great giver. He gives his spirit to any and everybody who wants and desires it. He is still in the giving business today. And if you are here and have not received his spirit, he wants to give it to you in this house this morning. James 1 and 17 says it like this, For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And in John 4.10, Jesus tells the woman at the well, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and we, he would have given thee living water. First Timothy 4 and 14 states it like this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. And then in 2 Timothy 1.6, it says to stir up the gift that is in you. And, the ch and to the church of Ephesus, he wrote in Ephesus 2 and 8, or Ephesians rather, 2 and 8, for by grace ye are saved through, through faith, and, and, not, and that not of yourself, for it is the gift of God. I'm here to tell you this morning that no matter what gifts you receive this Christmas season, no matter 
What gift you may wrap that is sitting under the tree, there is no gift that could compare to God himself who robed himself in flesh and he came and dwelt among us and then he sacrificed his life for you and for me. There is no greater gift that could ever be given than that of Jesus Christ. is that gift you may ask this morning but it is a wonderful story because her name is Mary she is just an ordinary teenage girl she is engaged to be married and an angel comes with news that God selected her to bring the promised Messiah into the world and on the surface it was a great honor but understand it would be an honor that would soil her reputation and perhaps wreck her impending marriage. Her husband-to-be, Joseph, is then visited in a dream and things are explained to him as to what is going on. Uh, And by decree of Caesar Augustus, they travel to the town of Joseph's ancestors, the town of Bethlehem, in order to pay their taxes and to be counted in a census. And while they are there, the Bible tells us that Mary, she goes into labor and and they search for a place that she could deliver this child. And we know the story that every inn and every motel, every motel six, every, every red roof inn is full. There are no rooms available in the town. And then ultimately they find their way into a barn used for animals. Listen to me as I tell you that it wasn't the cozy depiction of most nativity scenes that you see around uh, this time of year, but rather it was dirty and it was unsanitary. It was cold and it was damp. And in that lonely stable, this ordinary and no doubt scared teenage girl, this young lady gives birth to a baby who is like any unlike any other baby that had ever been born he was fully human and yet he was fully god for colossians 2 and 9 says for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily what i want you to understand this morning that is that contained within that tiny crying baby was the essence of God himself. The same God that created all dwelt in that child. He was sinless. He was sovereign. He was the Savior, and he was a gift to all mankind. And the angelic choir thundered in the heavens saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. At that birth, the shepherds came, the wise men came, but it all revolved around that baby who was born and laid in a manger. And I want you to know that that baby, that God, that Savior, that he is the greatest gift ever given. He is the unspeakable gift. He is the undescribable gift, the most valuable gift that mankind has ever known and ever seen. 
God's gift is valuable because it is useful. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this morning because you might just be sitting near someone who could hurt you. But have you ever received a gift that you just didn't need? Okay, there are a couple of hands. They meant well, but they just didn't knock it out of the park. It was It's awkward to open that type of gift. You know that you're never, as soon as you open it, Brother Jerry, you know that you're never, ever going to need it. You know that when you open that gift, that it is going to go on the top shelf of the closet. And Scotty, that someday you know that you're just going to re-gift it. Because, let's just be honest here. You just know that it's, it, no, nah, that ain't happening. I'm never going to wear that. I'm, I'm never going to use that. You know that it's never, ever, ever going to happen. It is it is completely like the gift that you open, though, that you immediately wish that you had gotten two of them because you know you're going to use the mess out of that drill. You know, it's, it's like when you open that drill, I wish that they would have bought me two because I'm going to use that thing until it dies. And I wish that I would had another. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I wish I had another to replace it when, it when I finally wear that gift out. But the gift of Jesus is the greatest gift because it is a useful gift. The gift of Jesus is something that all of us need. No one has ever received the gift of Jesus and not needed him. The Bible expresses this clearly in Luke chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, when it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. There is no one that has ever received the gift of Jesus that has not needed the gift of Jesus. Sometimes we come into this house, we've been serving God for a long time, and we think that we've got it all together, and we think that the gift of Jesus in this season is for the sinner. It's for the one that doesn't know him. But can I tell you this morning, I don't care if you received him 50 years ago or five years ago, we all still need Jesus. And if you don't know him, you need him. If you know him and he is living in your life, you still need him. You need to unwrap that gift all over again and say, Jesus, that gift will never wear out. But God, I need you today like I needed you yesterday. Listen, if we were perfect, there would be no need for him. If we had it all, if we had all the answers, we wouldn't need him. If we were whole, we would never call on him. In that we are broken, we are hurting, we are wounded people, then he is the perfect gift for us. So since we are sick, a healer is a perfect gift. 
Since we are sinful, a Savior is a perfect gift. Since we are troubled on every side, a Prince of Peace is the perfect gift. Every one of us needs exactly what God has to give to us. We need forgiveness. We need the blood of Jesus over us. We need the peace of God in our lives. We need the joy of the Lord in our lives. We need Jesus, and we have him available to us today because he is the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind because he is the gift that all of us need. We can come this morning, we can go through the motions, we can focus on the lights and we can focus on the gifts and we can just enjoy our family time together and I think that we should. I think we should. But we must not forget that the ultimate reason we celebrate this season is because of a gift that is given to us that was robed in flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. He is wrapped He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. He started on a journey to become a gift of our salvation and for our redemption. The gift was in a stable in Bethlehem is exactly what we need this morning. God's gift to us is valuable because of the price that was paid. We all, no doubt, have been part of a white elephant gift exchange made up of five and ten dollar gifts. They are fun. They're a, they're a blast because you watch as a person before you opens their gift and you eye what they got. And then you open your gift and if you don't like your gift or you just want to be a jerk, You can steal the gift of the person before you. And so, listen, it's fun. Whether you like their gift or not, it's a blast. Especially when they open it and you know it's exactly what they wanted. And you know, well, you're not keeping that long. It is, it is, a, it is a, a blast. You can steal it from them. If you miss out on what you wanted, it's no big deal. The gift is not of the greatest value due to the fact that it was just bought in in fun. But if if you know that someone spent a lot of a, a, a lot of money or a lot of time on the gift, or they spent or they spent their blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, then the value of that gift increases. And I'm not talking necessarily about monetarily. I'm not talking about the, the number of dollars that they spent on the gift, but it it would be in the perhaps the hours that it took to make it, and suddenly that gift has more value. Pastor Brandon, some of you seen on Facebook, he's opened up a business and he's making anointing oil vessels, and and he's even making pens. And here, uh, just a couple of months ago, he gave he made pens. Out of, I believe, acacia wood, and he gave it to the to everybody on the pastoral staff, and 
You know me, I, I'm a pen fanatic. I, I Don't give me a computer to type my notes on. That's why I forget everything. But I, I, I like a pen in my hand. I like a piece of paper to write on. I, I love pens. I love a pen that writes nice. But he, he, he gifted me this pen. And the fact that it was a gift meant a lot to me. But more than the fact that it was just a gift and just a thought, to me it was the fact that he took a block of wood and he put it on a lathe and he began to shape it and he began to work on it. He put time and effort into making this for me. Now listen to me. I can go to Home or uh, Home Depot. I can go to Office Depot or office and I go to Walmart and I can buy a pen. I can spend a few dollars and buy a nice pen and that that's not that's neither here nor there. I choose to carry this because of what this means to me. It was the fact that he spent hours just carving it just right and that he ordered all the mechanics to the pen and he put it together and that he invested his money, and he invested his time, and he thought enough of me that he would do that for me. So this pen, to me, is invaluable. This is much more precious to me. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, but it means much more to me than any pen I could go to a store and buy and place in my pocket. Because it is the fact that he worked on it, the fact that he took the time, the, the, the fact that he put the thought part, part of the gift was his time and the thought that went into making it. And it's valuable to me. Its value has gone up drastically when I know what was put into it and I know the story that is behind it. But what I want you to understand is that part of the gift is how far that he came for us. The thought that he put in to coming for us. The fact that he thought of you and the fact that he thought of me so that we could have that gift. He came a long way. The fact that he stepped from eternity and into time was part of his gift to us. The fact that he would leave the, his throne in heaven to lie in a manger was part of the gift to us. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he went from being rich to being poor so that you and I could become rich in all the ways that would really matter uh, and have eternal life. That was part of God's gift. When they were both pregnant, Joseph and Mary traveled a long way to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the taxing. The shepherds traveled a long way to see the baby. The wise men traveled a long way from the east to visit him. They traveled so far to see that baby, but he tra but he traveled from heaven to earth for us. It was a journey 
that began in a manger, but it would ultimately end at an old rugged cross. And he, as he marched his way up Golgotha, stumbling along the way as he carried his own cross, he sat on the road. He, 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 sat, he sat out on a road that first Christmas morning. The trip was part of his gift to us. It cost him everything. Ultimately, it cost his death on the cross of Calvary. But he didn't stay dead. But he rose on the third day because that was part of his gift to us as well. It cost him to do it. But now we have life and life more abundantly through him. And his spirit is in us because of the journey that Jesus made. So this Christmas season, don't forget about the ultimate gift that he gave. Don't forget about the baby who was born in a manger, in a stable, amongst the animals, when he should have been in a palace. He gave the greatest gift. And it was part of the cost of his gift that he would sacrifice his own life. We had better this season cherish that gift and the value of that gift. We better never take it for granted. That is why we shouldn't come into a service and never take it for granted. It doesn't matter if it's December or if it's June, but we better come into the house of God with a praise on our lips. We better come into the house of God singing with thanksgiving. We better come into the house of God with hands lifted, praising and magnifying Him in our hearts because of what He has done for us. pattern here. Uh, this is the second time I've mentioned a drill, but anyways. If I get a new cordless drill, I want it to drill holes. If I get a new video camera, I don't even know if those are still a thing, but I want that camera to take video. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but it matters to me. And if it doesn't matter to you, then I've got a whole closet full of broken gifts that I can give you this Christmas. But what a letdown to get something on Christmas that does not work. You have all the excitement, but you have none of the fulfillment. You unpackage it, you plug it in, and nothing. You fight to get the gift open. You don't want to rip the box because Grandma will yell at you. Kids' gifts are even worse. I don't understand. 
I don't understand why kids' gifts are sealed up like Fort Knox. I don't understand it. I don't know why you need two pocket knives, a pair of wire cutters, and a bolt cutter to get a kid's Christmas gift open. You fight to get the package open, and you put the batteries in. And if it is, you, you put the batteries in only if somebody remembered to buy the batteries. And if you didn't remember, then the kids are out of luck because all the stores are closed. I've forgotten this morning. And you do all that, you get it open, you put the batteries in only to find out that it doesn't work. Or it works, but it, it doesn't do what it's advertised to do. What, what a total letdown. Now, pardon my humor today, but I, I want you to know that God's gift to us works. I want to say that again. God's gift to us works. Jesus Christ in our lives works. Everything advertised about him is true. In fact, you have never heard the half of what Jesus can do in your life. His mighty power works. And in this room are a host of testimonies to the fact that Jesus works. There are people, no doubt, in this room this morning that will testify that Jesus Christ works when you let him work. I think there are some people in this place that would say that he gives hope to the hopeless. He brings joy to the weeping. He brings light into the darkness. He brings peace to the troubled mind. He brings forgiveness to the sin-stained soul. He brings redemption to the fallen life. And he brings cleansing to the soiled heart. The gift of Jesus Christ to us. The gift of Jesus to humanity still works. You see, many gifts will be given this week. Some will make us laugh. Others will have great sentimental value. We will laugh together. We will cry together. We'll laugh as we gather together as we think about the memories of Christmases in past years when something funny happened and a funny gift was given and someone opened it up and they got embarrassed. We'll laugh about those things. And in the same token, we'll look across the room at the empty chair. And we'll cry and shed tears and remember those that are not with us this week. We'll get sentimental 
think about that we used to buy gifts or that we used to receive gifts from Him. But I will tell you that God's gift cannot be put into either of those categories of great monetary value or great sentimental value because that gift is valuable beyond anything. You can't put a price tag on it. You can't put a value on it. It is valuable for at least three reasons that I have mentioned to you today, and that is that it's useful, that it's costly, and that it's effective. Jesus Christ the most wonderful gift that we could ever find this season. Because He is everything that you need and want. The God of the universe, think about it this morning with me, if you will, exchanging His throne for a dirty dwelling, all for you and for me. God exchanged sin could only be reconciled through a divine exchange. Oh, what an unspeakable gift. You see, the only way that we have a chance to experience His grace and be free from our sin is because of the great gift of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 19-21 says, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses upon them and hath committed unto us the world of word rather of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Christ's stead Be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be the righteousness of God in him. 1 Timothy 1 and 15 says this. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul wrote in Romans 23, 23, in Romans 3, 23 and 24, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then Paul said in Romans 4 and 8, But God commandeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, it is an unspeakable gift. What a gift, the fact that God became flesh. 
flesh and dwelt among us and gave everything for our salvation. It's hard to put into words. It's hard to describe it. To be, under, to be quite transparent, it's hard to even imagine. As parents, we buy gifts for our children. And probably we go further than what we should go. We buy more than what we should buy. We spend more than what we should spend. But we do it because we love our children. We do it all in hope of seeing their face light up on Christmas morning. God He loved us. He did it all in hopes that one day we might find ourselves at an altar of repentance. That we would, that He would be able to see the, the look on our face as He then filled us with His Spirit. It is the greatest gift that has ever been given. It's hard to put into hard to explain. It's unfathomable. It's indescribable. But He did it for you and He did it for me. And you get a gift and you just, all you can say is, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't, I can't believe that you would do that. I can't believe the thought. I can't believe the sacrifice. When I stand in this pulpit this morning, I begin to preach about an un unspeakable gift. I can't believe it. I can't describe it. I can't, I can't understand the thought that was in the mind of God when he looked down and he saw a, a snot-nosed kid that grew up two miles down the road that would turn his back on, on God numerous times in his life. But he looked at me and despite what he knew and despite what he saw in the future, he said, I'm still Christ, our Lord. Stand with me right now, all over this room. Now we know that He has given us the gift of eternal life. Now all that is left is for us to unwrap it. Now we have to receive it. I, I know people receive gifts well. They don't ever know what to say. They don't know how to react. They just they just don't they mean a lot to them but they don't know how to receive them. But 
You have to, you have to receive it. If it's given, you've got to. It's the same with God. He's given us the gift. Now all we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is take it. All we have to do is take possession of it. Now we have to say, okay, Lord, you did it. You did all of that for me, and I'm so thankful. this morning in this place. I'm about to open these altars in just a moment. When I do, I want anybody. Doesn't Listen, this gift isn't just for someone who maybe you have never known God or known Christ in your life. It's not, it is for you, but it's not just for you. But this is for anybody who has any kind of need to unwrap the gift, the great gift that we have been given in Christ Jesus. Our healer, our provider, our peace giver, our way maker. Anybody who has a need, just unwrapping that gift and saying, Jesus, I need you today. I need you in my life today. Would you lift your hands all across this room right now? And as you lift your hands, would you lift your voice? Would you, would you, when you lift your hands, that's a sign of surrender. Come on, all over the, I'm asking everybody, lift your hands all across this building and begin to lift your voice. And when you lift your hands, that is a sign of surrender. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins, but there was one who came, who paid the ultimate price so that we could be free, free from our sins, free from our debt, free from condemnation. Come on, lift your voice right now. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace we are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace we are saved through faith and not that of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. Come on, somebody with your hands lifted right now. Go ahead and receive that gift. Go ahead and receive that gift. I don't I don't know what you've come into this house needing this morning, but there is a Jesus. There is a great gift that has been given to us this morning. Would you come? Would you come and fill this altar up with your hands lifted and your voice lifted and go ahead and receive the gift that Jesus has for you. Come on, it's not just to the sinner, but it's to the saint alike. We all need the gift. Would you come? Would you come and spend some time receiving the gift that God has given us this morning? Jesus, Jesus. 
you want it, you can have it this morning. You can receive it. It's available to you right now. You don't have to come begging that God is giving freely. You don't have to come wondering if God's going to give it. He's about to give it to you this morning. Just step out from where you're at. Come on, everybody. Step out from where you're at. Let's fill this altar. Let's fill these aisles. Come on, somebody needs to receive the gift of Jesus this morning. Come on, somebody might feel ashamed and feel that you're not worthy. I've come to tell you that none of us are worthy, but God still wants to give it. God's still giving it to you this morning.
lift your hands in this house tonight. I want every hand lifted. Come on, I know we're close to Christmas season, but let's respond to the word of God. Come on, sing it out. You are. 